the bartering, the going on, and the trading of money for a long, long time, for many centuries. And not only that, they had a brotherhood because they got their tin. You needed tin to mix with copper to make bronze. The weapons at that time were made of bronze. And for the 300 years, they kept it quiet from all the other countries where they got it from. It turned out they were getting it from a place in the south coast of England. A brotherhood uh, in the Navy could not talk to anyone in any port about where they were coming from, where they were going, and where they got their goods. And we're back with more of this after the following messages. Advisors to 
to keep the pulse of the populace and to let them know what's going on so they can keep on top of things. But they always did studies. Today we call them gathering statistical data. But they've always done this. And they knew the time would come when they'd all be fighting for a global system. And they realized, too, that the, the fastest way to create changes towards something is to direct opposing forces. And if you don't have opposing forces, you create them. You have conflict creation. And out of the conflict, you have resolution or synthesis, same thing. The public who go through all of these wars and the depressions that are caused and all the rest of it never catch on because the rulers make sure that their top universities publish the histories. So the winners always write the histories in a very flowery fashion, and they always give you very good reasons for having these wars, but never the real reasons. And it was always an amazement to me to find that Britain, for instance, went to World War II under the guise of speeches to save your culture and your freedoms and your way of life, which really wasn't far removed at that time from the old feudal system. There still was an upper elite that everyone knew ran the country, even though you had this strange thing called voting. It was fairly recent from the World War I. And when Britain emerged from World War II, they were a national socialist country because the government had taken over all of the functions, all of the main, um, what we call infrastructure of society. That's your farming, that's your industry, that's your transportation. They'd taken all of this over and created massive bureaucracies to deal with it. So they went into the war to fight, supposedly, National Socialism, which was Nazism, and came out of the war uh, as a National Socialist country, at least on the outside. But in reality, the top clique at the top uh, Winston Churchill and others, and has now been disclosed by his personal secretary during World War II, who's now a sir, I believe. Uh, it's called The uh, Fringes of Power. The book, you should read it. And it's about the memoirs and the notes he took while he was a secretary with Winston Churchill, and how Churchill told the public to go off and fight to save their way of life, their culture, and so on. And at parties at night, he was telling his own peer group, as he got happily sozzled, which was pretty well every night, that this is the greatest thing that had ever happened to Britain because they, the elite themselves, would have their age-long dream of a united Europe. Now, a united Europe obviously meant you're going to lose your culture and your way of life, etc. But these, these characters have no, have no problem of lying to the general populace whom they really see as dumb, stupid animals. But nothing has happened uh, since then. At that time, uh, this particular clique... Um, signed a deal to deindustrialize Britain and other countries of Europe and eventually to bring in the system we have now. Britain was the first country to, to approach uh, France and together they worked on the integration of Europe. All quietly, all through lies and deception, they lied to the public for almost 50 years and now they've declassified the documentation from the British government admitting all of this, and at the end it said that the public must not be told anything of this or the truth until it's all completed. And the same thing was to happen to the Americas. So these psychopathic groups that all know each other, this Anglo-American establishment, which also goes beyond England and, and beyond the U.S., it's worldwide now, have formed a club 
over the last 50 to almost 100 years, knowing that they get this global system into place. And as always, down through the ages, when the top psychopaths, these interbred people, and they do have a difference, a big difference, because they don't have a part of the brain functioning or even possibly even there that gives them normal decency and empathy for others. They're unable to feel uh, the, feel the pain. They can say that they feel the pain, like some have said recently, but they don't actually feel anything at all. They're born actors. And we're, we're seeing it manifest today with, with the ones who are in power uh, across the world that all signed the same anti-terrorism deal, which tells you this deal was set up years and years before to go into operation before 9-11 happened because bureaucratic departments do not work quickly. And yet after 9-11, suddenly almost every major country across the world had signed the same deal. That takes a lot of negotiations and working with with bureaucratic positions. And today we're going into it with the psychopaths in full control with an agenda which is not pleasant whatsoever. They're not starting to kill off populations. They've been doing it for a long time because, after all, they don't ask for volunteers to bring the population down and, therefore, they had to do it very quietly. And they've been been doing it since at least the 1950s and probably prior to that, they were working on bacterium and viruses as far back as the 1800s. And uh, and there's no documented proof on that, too, stuff coming out of the woodwork. And if you read the histories of even the Rothschild family, now big economists to remember, remember what Bertrand Russell said and H.G. Wells, he'd have to bring the economists on board because they understood money and debt and population numbers need to pay off debts, etc., and ideal population numbers. And you read the histories of the Rothschilds, you'll find that the children, the children of the Rothschilds, and these are authorized books. The children of the Rothschilds were into writing books themselves, the male and female, on the transference of disease with the use of uh, bed bugs, ticks, lice, that kind of thing. And they published these works back in 1904. These children were about 10 and 11 years of age. Now, now why on earth would children at that age be so into the transmission of disease by by this method was because obviously they'd heard their parents talking about it too because it was not a new idea. Malthus himself talked about the same techniques in the 1700s, even how to space the beds and the poor houses apart, how, what distance it would take even fleas to contaminate the person next door with typhus and various diseases. These characters who are into economics understand these sciences and right now we're at a crisis stage because the big boys who've all accepted the same philosophy very easily because they're all psychopathic, they do understand each other, want to bring the population down in a hurry. And they've also taken over a 100 years to build up the sciences to enable them to create global warming, freezing, flooding, hurricanes and tornadoes. Read the United Nations Weather Warfare Treaty that they all signed. They can do it. That's why they signed the treaty. You don't sign a treaty unless you can actually do it. It's proven science. And it's happening now as they, they terrify the public of the world. And it is a worldwide agenda. Um, and spray them like bugs. 
which is, I'm sure, is tranquilizing them as well. And we'll see the long-term effects start to emerge with strange diseases and early deaths and so on. That's what we're up against. <clears throat> we're in the middle of a war. It's been going on, and most people are completely oblivious to it because they've been trained and brainwashed from birth not to see it. Now, I think there's a caller on the lines. There's a caller there. Hello? I heard a voice on the line. I guess not. So there's a book people should really try and get their hands on, and it's called Political Ponerology. I don't know if I hear music or not. I just, yeah, I guess I do. So the break's coming up. Be back with this book after the following messages. Lives in the process with a conscience are so-called 
successful. You'll see lots of it in the business world, and this author goes through a lot of that and how this is their actual system we're living in and how they always get to a stage where they come to fear the people and they want to depopulate. They've got examples of that down through history, and he goes into it in some a little, a little detail anyway. Try and get that book. Now we have Jeff from Vermont on the line. Are you there, Jeff? Alan? Hello, Jeff. Hey, Alan. How you doing? Not so bad. Um, I, I've been listening to your program for, for a while, and um, I'm trying to figure out, like, uh, leaders in, throughout the American history. I'm kind of focusing on that, um, that were, you know, ingenious, and they weren't, you know, you could say on the dark side. I'm, I find Thomas Paine as probably one of the better, like, models of pure genius and uh, just for for our founding forefathers, I really can't find hardly anything in what he says in about rights of man, age of reason, or any of his books that would indicate that he would be um, nothing but true. You know, he, just the way he talks and the way he puts stuff down, and yeah. and <clears throat> just look how he died. You know, and, and the, what he thought about the French Revolution is. You remember, too, though, a lot of what we're given, and this is the problem with us, we accept, when we're told something and we read something really nice by a person, we, we form an opinion and, and, and we're going to get in further depth. Now, Thomas Paine was a professional revolutionary that came over from England. Yeah, he came was. came over from a society, and this society had already formed. They'd been there for a while. They trained in Geneva, in fact, a lot of them, and then they went to England. And Paine came from Payenne. And Hugh de Payen was one of the founders of the Knights Templars, uh, one of the knights that founded it. So these characters belong to societies, and they certainly, he certainly seemed to do, say all the right things. And it is true that um, he went over after the American Revolution to help with the French Revolution. He believed in it initially, but when the slaughtering got to excesses, he complained and he was put in prison himself for complaining. He didn't go along with all the mass beheadings that were just getting out of hand. And uh, eventually they, they had to send um, other ambassadors over to help bail him out and, and get him out of there. And Franklin. Yeah, on. and Franklin. It was actually Jefferson came after Franklin on that. And yeah. uh, so, so what you've got really is um, professional revolutionaries who often fight for the right things. But where you always lose is you, you'll find that in every popular movement or righteous movement, and many, uh, you know, in the State Department have, have uh, given out their books over the years where they admit, for instance, that they misinterpreted Vietnam because it was a civil war. It was, was not a communistic war, according to, to the books now. Mm -hmm. um, we know for a fact, too, the same thing happened in El Salvador. They tried to blame us. You know, the guys in the military and the intelligence agencies are all the pretty well psychopathic themselves. And uh, they wanted to call it a communistic war, but it, but it wasn't really... So wherever peasants tried to, to get a peasant uprising for a civil war, they were called communists. And, and so they realized that, that um, uh, the guys at the top who gravitate towards power after people have championed a popular cause, the ones who get in and hold on to it then are, are psychopathic in nature. Unfortunately, they take over. I'll be back after the following messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
folks. Alan Watt back with Cutting Through the Matrix and just trying to show that after popular revolutions, the, a coterie will get in at the, the higher end of it and eventually take it over and gradually they take the, the, the real characters who were idealistic and push them off to the side and suddenly all the, all the, the goals that they had planned for suddenly change and the ones who hang on to the old system, the old constitution, whatever was pushed initially, are pushed off and out into the outer circles. Psychopaths always go into popular movements, and sometimes they even lead to popular movements. That's another problem, because they sniff the winds, they look to see where the populace is going, and they become champions, and we've got to always beware of that, because they can start... Uh, they can start uh, the, the trouble or the riots when they want to, and that's happened down through history as well. So just because a person says the right things doesn't mean their heart or their brain is in the right place. You have to really check them out. Now, I think we have uh, Vernon in New Hampshire here. Are you there, Vernon? Hello? Hello? Yeah, how are you doing this evening, Alan? Oh, it's a pretty wet up here. It's a storm going on. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I just got um, one comment I would like to make about what you were speaking about. Yeah. Um, since individuality is like the single biggest threat to their system, right, do these psychopaths, like they fear that we becoming individuals again will connect us to our spiritual self? And it's like, does they really want to stop, like they really want to stop us from making that connection? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's strange enough, even, even the hardened uh, psychologists that try to go into this uh, pornology I was talking about, yeah, but they all go to that same, website, yeah. yeah, even they go into that because they, you can't help it being human, uh, trying to figure out what is it that's so different from you, uh, uh, how are they so different, and you go into all the aspects, including this soullessness, at one time they were called soul eaters because they tend to drain people around them. You don't know why you get drained and tired when you're around them, but you do. They, they suck energy from you in a sense. Yeah. It's because your brain is racing, trying to keep up with the strange mentality that they have. And, and some of the things that come out with your brain begins to race and you feel tired. So you're quite right. Um, uh, and uh, they do have MOs. They have no conscience. And in this book, Pornology, they do go through the histories of the present bunch in the U.S. It wouldn't matter if, if the next bunch come in because all the ones who are waiting in the wings that we've seen, the Hillarys, etc., are from the same crew. They're all of the same type. Um, but uh, we know that George Bush, for instance, loved to blow up frogs with firecrackers when he was you know, younger and stuff. And uh, This is the sort of things they do generally in their early years. So there's, there's different signs and symptoms of these characters and they, they grow up really with no conscience but a huge ego and they tend to, to disdain all the lesser people beneath them. Yeah. I'm not worried about George Bush, it's the ones around him, it's the Kissinger type, the, the lifelong ones, the real technocrats that set up the world system and, and are answerable to nobody, they don't get elected. These are the guys, the Maurice Strongs, that, that do all the legwork and the setting up negotiations that sign us all to our doom. Uh, these are the characters I worry about. Yeah, and all the decades of all that chemical and biological like stuff they did to the human population, it's like they they have them where they want them to be right now. So those few those few sent, sentient beings who are about to make that connection to their spirit, it's like they're on a race to try and stop this from happening. Uh, 
I, I think that's right. They, they are. There's no doubt about it. They're they're pushing the oneness of everyone. Everybody's one, but they're talking about a different kind of oneness than people in the New Age even think about. It's a, a oneness where you're all interlinked through computers, and through chips, in fact, through body implants, uh, so that you'll be no more problem in the future. Uh, that's what their oneness is all about. Yeah, it's like the beehive mentality. You talked about it. Like you could hear sometimes. I don't know. You could hear like a humming going around you right now. Like everybody, like a part of that hive, and then you seem to like stand out from the hive. So they have a serious problem with that. That's right. And now they've even released. I don't know if you've seen it now. Uh, the, the the FBI signature portraits of people uh, with facial expressions that could be suspect. Yeah, I've so seen that it, one too, yeah. It's amazing. Creases around the eyes, anything can, can, can pull you in to be interrogated. And this is the old eugenicists all back in power. They can't help it. Like a, It's like any disease, they always come up with the same symptoms. Yeah. You know, the earlobes, the, the length of the ear, the space between the eyes, all of this stuff is resurfaced. This is what they used in the Nazi area. It shouldn't surprise us. It's the same bunch of descendants of back to Nazis that are in right now. Yeah. Not just in the U.S., but in Britain too. And and it's like the U.S. the U.S. seems to be like the test population for all that stuff going on too. Yes, it, it is. And um, the, the U.S. is as the taxpayer. Of the U.S. has been the uh, the ta- they've been funding all of this into existence. And they knew they'd do this uh, at the beginning of the 1900s when Britain handed it over to the U.S. to to become the policeman of the world. And but they, the average person who heard that happening in the U.S. never thought they'd actually be uh, treating the, the peasant of the U.S. as the same as the peasant of China. And that's where it's all going. We've all to be equal peasants here because psychopaths only can appreciate other psychopaths uh, and their cunning. They have no respect for the peasant of any country. <laughs> Yeah, and they seem to, like, they keep wanting more and more and more power. Like, they're never satisfied with not having enough power. That's, like, they crave for that stuff, the power yeah. over others. Yeah. And, and that's a, that is a fact. The, the ego, you see, they live on ego. They are pure ego. The world revolves around them. And, and uh, the, this insatiable desire for power, again, is so far from the normal that we, that we can't, normal folk can't understand them. That's why they get away with it. We make excuses for them. Um, uh, we, we'll, we'll say they're just keep very keen. <laughs> but no, these characters are power-hungry. They live on power. It's like a, a, a kind of ethereal food that they suck in. And, and they love to dominate others. Power and dominance is all part of it. Yeah. And, and they always tolerate, at the end, they tolerate no opposition. And I mean they're ruthless. Yeah, ruthless. And they have like a, they have like that agenda. They got, they're gonna do like whatever it takes. They don't care. If they gotta kill yes. at least ninety percent of the population. They will do whatever it takes to get to that stage. They after. Yes, it, it, that's a fact too. I I know that that's the, the imperative, and all of this is we've got to stop it because they've been. See, they have been doing it through inoculations. When you go into the big players. We came up with the vaccines, and you find out, my goodness, these guys were the top eugenicists. They wrote books on reducing the population. They championed reducing the population, and suddenly here they are, like like wolves with the sheep's clothing on, here to help you overnight. And then you look at all the diseases and sicknesses that have broken out. HIV, if you just speak it, is called the hive, you know, and, yeah. and these guys don't miss a trick in anything that they do. We know that Kissinger, during the, the, the 70s, 
said that the, 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 the main thing, that the main enemy to the state was overpopulation, and he put it into the works. He started off the ball, ball rolling to get the grants for autoimmune disease uh, viruses. And these are viruses they've been working on already since the early 1900s. And, um, and look at everyone today. Everyone is, is immune compromised. Everyone who's in inoculation has a vastly reduced immune system. Yeah. And can I ask you a question, Alan? I don't know if you have experienced this in your life, but have it since you like since you've been like studying that system, have you never sat down and come like stare this thing right in the eye and see it right in front of you? Everywhere you look around you see it? Yes. Yeah, that happened to me a couple of times, like my body start like feeling like funny and stuff, but I see this stuff right in my eye. Everywhere I turn, I walk, it's right there. Yes. Yeah. The psychopaths just say that what, they not only give you a system uh, that, that the culture that you live in and think is normal because you've been born and brought up in it, is, a, is their culture. They've given it to you. And so we take on the traits of the psychopath, and, and the whole culture is buy, sell, produce, consume, yeah. and, and don't fall on the street. That's all they say. And so we adopt those same principles. We're all terrified of falling on the street. And so we, 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 we tend to exploit other people. That's called good commerce and, and, and a good system. It's not a competitive system. It's a psychopathic system. It is, and a lot, a lot of, it's hard, like, it's like almost hard trying to not, not live in a system and not emulate them. It's like, they, it's like a force all around you trying to make you become like that. But yes, still, and, still... when everything goes up, everyone wants to keep a, a standard of living that they're used to. And when everything goes up and prices go up, then you, the guy above you passes it all down to you to pay off. You've got to exploit someone beneath you to keep that standard of living. And that's how this whole ball of wax goes. It's round in circles, round in yeah, circles. Yeah, like if we going around in a circle, we're not moving. We just keep going round and round and round. That's how I see it. Yes. We're not evolving. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, we, we have an abnormal system that's been taught as the only one that could naturally be. That's what Lenin said, too. He said there are a thousand directions the society could go, but the public must not know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so they must believe that the one that they live in is the only natural one that could possibly have evolved. And there's nothing further from the truth. This is an inhumane psychopathic it is. system. It is. Not, it's not like a humane system. I could see it all around me. It's like when you grow up, you're born, you think, yeah, oh, you're growing up in life. That's... Oh, that's how life's supposed to yep. be now. The system, they, they, they switch the system around now, so now we could tell the difference because our our age. But it's not, it was all, it's all their system. They gave it to us, not ours. Yes. And we can't try to save what's not ours. Yes, you turn on the television where it's Olympic sports, all you cheer is the winner. You're yeah. talking, cheer the winner and, and boo the losers and, and tough luck. And that's what's been encouraged in life. And we have winners and losers, and for every top of the pyramid, there's only a few get there. The rest of them down below are called the base. That's the base people. That's the majority of the population. Yeah. And we call this normalcy. Yeah, I, call, I call it prey and predators. Like, they're the predators, we they prey. That's exactly what it is. They are predators. They're yeah. prime predators. Yeah. And they're very proud of it. Yeah, the top of the food chain. And, like, the, to us, like, to them, like, we just got to be just, like, we like their food sauce. <laughs> Well, we are. We're the only ones who really make or produce anything. Yeah. And they, they live off us. And they also, like any farmer, uh, if, if there's too many in a herd, or even like the Department of Agriculture or farming here, uh, of agriculture in Canada, they'll kill off the excess deer. They'll kill off the excess um, herd. Yeah. And that's all they see this as farming. They see it as farming. Yeah, but 
I think honestly, deep inside, we each, we each like in being individual, could like at least on a personal level, at least we could at least um, deflect this thing a little bit. Although we don't have much time, we like a hair away from this whole thing coming now, and as I still feel deep inside that we got like a l opportunity left. Though. Yes, we do. And we've got to connect quickly to... to quickly, like sound. really quick, we got to connect or it'll be all over. It will be all over. These guys are moving fast now, and it's, it's worldwide. Fast. And people in, in Australia, New Zealand, Thailand, all across the planet are seeing all this stuff coming down. Yeah. And and it's in the air. We feel it in the air. Yeah, you can like feel it right all inside your body. You could see it like... You can't see with your, with your natural eye, but you can see like when you perceive like deeper, you can see it ahead of you. Yes. Yeah. A great scheme is unfolding. We're living through it. And it's like with bated breath because we there's a hush of expectation. We know there's more going on. We're not being told. Yeah. And we're, we're quite correct in that. Uh, they won't tell us to the very end. No. Okay, well, I'm going to let you go, Al. It was nice talking to you. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And Joe from Florida, are you there, Joe? Yeah, hello, Al. How are you? Al, Al excuse me. But I heard you're on uh, disk that my son has. Another friend had copied from the uh, computer. And I like the depth of your conversations, which I'm involved in deeply as well. But uh, I have to let you know that I am a food waster as well. Uh -huh. And um, I like the, uh, <laughs> the Cretan organization so forth and so on and so forth. You talked about the Lodge Knights and so forth and how yep. powerful they are, which you are deeply involved as well. And I do appreciate the depth again and be able to hear you as well as I listen to other ones on talk shows in the morning up in Pennsylvania and, and um, Pennsylvania, USA, and Florida, USA. Thank yeah. you. But anyway, I knew that you knew where I was calling from. But anyhow, um, I was concerned. Are you born-again Christian? I wouldn't go by any of the terms that they use today. Since I've watched every group, and I don't see the tops of any born-again association warning the public of anything. And uh, uh, you got to understand that the whole born-again phenomenon is fairly recent and primarily in the U.S. Uh, across in Europe, um, if you ask them if they're born-again, they'd give you a stare even a hundred years ago. Um, so it was, it was almost like a, a new phenomenon given for the U.S. for a particular time. And it separates so many people on these little parts of doctrine that they, 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 they're always arguing about. Uh, there's so many hundreds now of Protestant sects that on the surface will claim that they're all the same, but they all became sects because they, they differed on minute points of details. Uh, I don't go into religion because I don't need the rules and the laws are given. I don't think a book is necessary to, to, to know what's right and wrong. And well, excuse me, I hate to interrupt, but if you were more or less what they call, we call, or say, born again, yeah. the Holy Spirit wouldn't give you the knowledge and the depth and how to proceed to get this depth of information and facts. Yeah, uh, but what, what I mean is, you don't need, I don't need a, a formalized doctrine of man um, or the acceptance of others either uh, to say what I have to say that, that comes from... Uh, the heart and, and my brain and what I know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I gather you, I gather you. 
But still, he has to be there for you to accept it and to ask questions and knowledge and so on and so forth. Well, I'll say that there's something, there's something out there, like everyone's always known. There's something. Yeah, but you always get the facts from the from the joshing portion of many subjects of presidents and vice presidents and all yeah. the guard that they hand into your ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can segregate it without a problem. You know the depth of it. You know how to dig into it. You know what questions to ask and and put on your uh, yeah. on your computer and so forth. I really do enjoy it. I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, not many people can sit back and talk of knowledge of what you have and when you speak of on on the computer and so forth in which a friend of mine puts them all on discs yeah. then i get them and i listen to them very very good and i was concerned if what they call we call born again christian and i could say you are a christian i i don't know other yeah, than I that yeah i always remember right. that he's a christ there's no word for Christian. It came much, much later. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I uh, may get back with you some other time again. Hey, sure. thanks a lot, Alan. Thanks for calling. Yeah, and I do these talks, too. I don't have staff. I don't have people punching up um, things on the screen for me so I can, I can sound very important and knowledgeable. It's all in the brain or it's nowhere at all. And uh, there's no tricks with mirrors here at all, or tricks with, um, uh, and a lot of shows do this these days. They have staff who will punch in any conversation, any caller, the topics come up, and the host sounds as if there was a genius. But here it's a real thing. It's from the heart, and I, I only say what I know. I'll be back after the following messages. through the matrix and talking about the psychopathic types just scratching the surface here about the psychopaths who run the system that we are born into and they control it at the top the love pulling it over on people and this little quote from this book here talking about the, the business world itself at the top concern here is that the costume for the new mass sanity of a psychopath is just as likely to be a three-piece suit as a ski mask and a gun. As Harrington says, we also have the psychopath in respectable circles no longer assumed to be a loser. He quotes William Krasner as saying, they, psychopath and parapsychopath, do well in the more unscrupulous types of sales work because they take such delight in putting it over on them. Actually, they like hunting. They're predators getting away with it and have so little conscience about defrauding their customers. Our society is fast becoming more materialistic and success at any cost is the credo of many businessmen. The difficult psychopath thrives. They thrive in this kind of environment and it is seen, uh, they're seen as business heroes. And that's what we have today. It's the same with these characters, these family dynasties that people keep voting in. It's often it's all that's presented to you. And even you'll find their oppositions generally are related to them too, including the wives. They're all interbred. These are the moneyed power elite who now lead you uh, into this new world order, this new system. 
and they've taken such a long time in the planning. They've, get, they've taken control over everything that you've taken as normal, your schooling system, education system, national education, which is an international education system. Everyone's getting the same propaganda and culture pumped into them from birth. UNESCO talked about this, I quoted last week from the, the man who was the first CEO of UNESCO, and that happened to be Aldo Huxley's brother, top eugenicist, and he talked about the ability to control the minds of billions of people through a common education. Education doesn't mean you're given the truth, you're given a scientific indoctrination, so you'll perceive the world in a specific way. When they went into Iraq, the first group they went in, once the whole area was cleared, was UNESCO to get the first generation trained, to get the youngsters, train them in a different system, and they will grow up to be the leaders in a democratic, we know what democratic means, now we're all living under it, as we use our passports and ID cards and so on like that. They want the same uh, democratic system worldwide, and they also um, are giving them inoculations as well through the United Nations, and we know the history of the UN with their inoculations series, Ask Africa. That's the kind of world we're living in. It's a dangerous world run by these psychopaths who literally will justify whatever they do. Whatever they do, a psychopath must justify. Not to please you, but to soothe themselves. They see, they've got to save their, their own ego at all costs. All costs. If it meant destroying the world to save their ego, they would do it. That's their nature. And they can rationalize anything at all. They also have conversive speech. Conversive speech is doublespeak, where they say one thing, the general population thinks that's a nice word, it sounds good, but it's got an opposing meaning. Orwell said freedom is slavery, but war is peace. That's what he was telling us, conversive speech. We're seeing it all there today. So study this, this book, Pornology. I don't get money for, for these books. I just push ones that are good. From Hamish and myself up in here in a, a rainy nights in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, Samir. God or your gods go with you.